Welcome to the next episode of Perceptions of Life. My name is Amina Zoe and today I have my dearest friend Sebastian with me. And after three years of a beautiful, developing, growing um, friendship, we finally um, we finally made this episode together that just nourished my heart so much. Um, not only because it's on the other end of the world, <laughs> here in Mexico, even though we have been living like closer door to door in Berlin, um, but because we both have been growing so much in the last year um, that now is the perfect timing for, for this episode to come out. Um, we're talking about the masculine energy, we're talking about the masculine and the feminine in a fusion. We're talking about... Um, <laughs> we're talking about um, what it means to, to hold your ground in your own kingdom, how to, how to really stand for your own truth. And I'm really grateful that Sebastian is just opening up and showing up so, so vulnerable and at the same time so strong and honest um, and deep and powerful. <laughs> and I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. So um, go on and enjoy. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> or buenos días. Oh. oh no, buenas tardes. Buenas tardes, Amina. Aminacita. <laughs> ¿Cómo estás tú? Mm. Mi estómago es muy lleno. Uh -huh. Y tengo mucho feliz en mi corazón. Mm. Tengo muchas muchas nadas en mi cabeza, en mi mente. Mm. Me mucho. ¿Y tú? ¿Cómo estás tú? Wow, mi estómago es muy lleno también. <risa> ¿Por qué? No entiendo. <risa> Con muchas cosas eh, de corazón, ¿no? Y soy muy feliz. Y sí, siento muy bien. Mm. Uh -huh. Vamos a hablar en español <risa> para todo el podcast. <risa> sí, pero inglés es también uh, bien para mí o sí. Crees uh -huh. inglés es una iglesia uh -huh. la gente entiende. How do you feel with English in your heart? Like, is that a language for you that? that you can sense, you know, as a spiritual expression? Yes. It is very interesting um, because since I'm traveling, I'm speaking more English again than before in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting for the moment when I realized that I dream in English. No way. But it didn't come because I am so, it feels so natural to be in an English environment mm -hmm. for me you know, in comparison to the last time six years ago when I was traveling mm -hmm. um, that it really feels it comes deeper out of my body than out of my head yeah. that's a big difference and um, especially topics that are close to my heart are usually taught by teachers to me in English mm. and um, workshops I attend or hold around this topic are given in English. Mm. So it's a topic that's close to my heart and thereby the language got closer to my heart as well. Um, and it's quite interesting because I, I can remember um, last time when I was traveling when I was speaking German, which is my mother tongue, my voice was lower, mm -hmm. English a little bit higher, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and Spanish was quite squeaky <laughs> because I literally pressed it out of my head. Wow. Right? So it was a very tight mm -hmm. thing to do. Um, and I feel English now deeply resonating in my body. That's beautiful. How come that you're dreaming or that you expected the dreams to be in English? Did you experience that before? Yes. Um, because the times before when I was traveling, I wasn't like English wasn't a natural environment for me. So at some point it felt more easy to speak from the guts than from the head. And that was usually the time when my dreams shifted into this language as well, because it became my my primary language being abroad. Um, but yeah, it is more natural now. And also when I dream, I dream more deeply in my body and not so much into thoughts. And thereby the language is not that relevant anymore. That's actually exactly where I was going with you. <laughs> okay. Like I wanted Take me. <laughs> oh, I'll take you. <laughs> it already it already drifted apart. Not not even five minutes in. <laughs> like, what is? Um, actually, I wanted to ask you, like, how your dreams are currently speaking to you. Mm -hmm. What has been shifting in the last? I don't know, actually in the last year or even in the last two weeks or something, you know, because um, I know a lot of things are happening at the moment, right? Yes. So my life is very alive. Mm. Um, so it really feels like it's pumping through my veins. Mm. And that affects my dreams as well, obviously. Mm. And it's not like that I am waking up and I can write a book about this. So it still feels um, like glimpses of what I experience while I am dead on the way to get reborn in the next morning. Um, but the, it feels like when I wake up during the night because something uh, happened within me, it feels very deep and very intensely felt in the body. So um, what happened a lot, especially the last two weeks, and I still cannot grasp that fully, um, but to force it into words, I would describe it as um, feeling a lecture coming up in my body, um, something expands or takes space in, in my body that doesn't come from my head so it doesn't feel like a fantasy you know playing a movie on my forehead but rather like coming from the body um, and it has a lot to do with um, with grace and with um, the perfection of slowness and I experience that usually on the brink of waking up, mm. you know, one foot in the dream, one foot in being awoken. Um, and sometimes I just witness myself how I turn my body from left to right, for example, or how I, um, you know, correct the blanket back on my body, but I do it in a very gracious in an almost kingly way like it would be the last thing I ever do on this planet wow. so it's so meticulous and it's so slow and it's so beautiful oh, that it just fills me up and then I drift back into the sleep and it's just like oh. usually the last thought that comes um, is oh I hope I remember that tomorrow it's so oh, awesome yeah. <laughs> It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes. Mm. Wow. What does kingdom mean to you? Like, I, I know that you're using the word king many times, mm. and every time you say it, it has like a really powerful vibration to me. Um, what does that mean to you, for you? What have you experienced there? 
the word kingdom. Mm -hmm. So a kingdom is to me a defined space, a defined group, a defined goal that I will serve with everything I have. Mm. I choose to step into my royal leadership that doesn't serve my agenda but serves the greater good that serves love mm. um, and I define what my kingdom is I want to serve um, and through that um, my tasks and my challenges arise to me mm. so it has borders um, I'm not here to save the world. Hmm. Um, I started to save myself first, <laughs> to be um, willing and ready to step on a throne. Mm -hmm. um, and it feels like this is a journey that continues for the rest of my life <laughs> to um, yes, contribute in a valuable way something that is bigger than I. And um, it feels amazing. It feels like um, I have to grow. I am allowed, I allow myself to hear more deeply, um, to go beyond my self-built borders in order to become a greater servant to my kingdom and um, that is something that comes along with uh, being very humble to experience that in a conscious way and very grateful for the gifts I receive through serving and also what came up very recently is the aspect of fear around misusing the power that comes along with the trust mm. Mm. and that was something that was oof, very painful to feel because um, with this I could feel the connection to living my life from a place of lack not being valuable enough not being good enough um, having to to take um, scraps for love mm -hmm. or instead of love, mm -hmm. um, not feeling valuable enough to receive love fully, mm. deeply, mm. just through the head. Mm -hmm. But then already like a lot of doubt and fear came around it. So um, this place um, still is there somehow. Um, and the fear that is connected to this now is that it might take over so um, I am not serving the kingdom but I'm serving myself and that is something um, I'm discovering at the, at the moment to find ways to, um, to not accept that as my truth anymore. That's really interesting, just when you said it, I had this image in my mind where the king is sitting on his throne and um, guiding the kingdom. And the moment that there is a, that there is a fear coming up, that he loses his power or somebody, you know, threatens him, mm -hmm. um, he decides to, to make a choice that actually kicks himself down from his own throne. Mm -hmm. And his kingdom, like I see the kingdom like a, um, how do you call it, like a hologram, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it starts slowly to get more and more transparent. And the king sees that and he's mm -hmm. like, wow, okay. It has an immediate effect onto what happens in my kingdom and to not choose that but to be conscious enough 
in order to make a different choice like brings a lot of actually a lot of bravery with it yes because you're standing in your in your truth in your power and not making any um, yeah no sideways you know yeah. compromises with yourself yes yeah I totally agree um, it's not the most comfortable path mm. <laughs> to see what's coming up in terms of fears or doubts or whatever threatens that um, especially when it comes from the inside because it feels or it sounds so true mm. um, but I think uh, this is part of the um, fearful truth to see that and also to not hide it because when those um, what do you say? Mm. I can't find the words so when when those emotions or thoughts um, arise it is a totally natural thing mm -hmm. um, what shifted for me a lot in the last couple of years was how I relate to those things and how I show myself when those things come up. And I had this like two or three days ago when as soon as I started my day everything went sideways. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I, I go up uh, and I want to do Nothing special. Yoga on the roof terrace of the hostel I am living in at the moment. And um, I find a yoga mat in this hostel and I thought, wow, amazing. It's a, it's a win, right? So I come up to the terrace, find out the yoga mat is really shitty, mm. it's super thin, it's a very ah, brutal concrete, you know, which is just, it's not possible to do. Um, I go out for, for a tour to visit the city, uh, it was cancelled, I go for a second one, it was cancelled, my back book starts to crash down, you know, I cannot work. A lot of things happen um, and this, uh, everything goes to shit and fear and doubt and everything comes up. And it was so, so beautiful to see how I wanted to numb that mm. as an old pattern by eating more so I don't have to feel that. I can still feel full in the stomach at least mm -hmm. but not um, in a threatening way. Mm. Rather in a, oh, I'm tired now, awesome, I mm -hmm. feel myself less. Mm -hmm. But the waitress, um, I hated, I really hated her <laughs> after 45 minutes. I don't experience hate so often but there was hate because she took away my food. She took away your food? Yes, I ordered a beautiful vegan, which is very rare here in Mexican, um, aguacate sandwich, and she brought me salmon <laughs> after 45 minutes. And then I said, I haven't ordered that. She said, yeah, you have. I said, why should I order this? I'm a vegan. I don't care, you ordered that. Okay, I want another one. Yes, but it wouldn't take 45 minutes again, which oh, didn't work. So I had to leave. I, I, I had a, an appointment and it was beautifully um, a men's circle mm. I'm part of. And um, they felt that immediately that I am not really feeling that fully and uh, invited me into this feeling. And it was very difficult for the first moments to really uh, give in to this invitation and step into that uncomfortable feeling and especially show myself not just in front of the other man, which I would trust with my life, mm. but it, I was in the courtyard of the hostel I'm living in. Mm. So there are constantly people running around mm. and when I go into my feminine energy, you know, and feeling and expressing and showing myself vulnerably that's very difficult when the space doesn't feel safe mm, of course. so that was like a very very difficult practice to me fascinating was being witnessed so fully and showing myself so honestly even in this 
quote-unquote negative thing, um, it became part of love. Mm. It was just, I was expressing myself through sounds and through, through motion, no words. So to have a deeper connection to what's actually there, not, not make it small through words. And it was so amazing to see how much things shifted, mm. right? So the core, the energy in the core shifted completely. It immediately invited everyone to ground deeper, to hold me mm. in that. I've, after that, I could literally feel how my shoulders drop, how my chest is opening on a physical level because the energy is not stuck. I don't hold the anger in my stomach anymore. It started to flow up my chest and I had tingling in my cheeks and I smiled and I was like full of love uh, wow. again. And it felt like a beautiful victory because the challenge seemed so big to show myself in something so... Uh, get your shit together. You know, don't don't do that. That's that's ugly. But going into this, uh, anyways, and evoking love through my honesty, I could feel a shift in my body, right? So that's something I experience uh, more and more often. That old patterns from the head don't stand a chance against the the power of my body when I feel the shift through the body. Yeah. And so, to bring that back, um, I think a king who doesn't feel the uncomfortable things cannot be a good king. Mm. I think a king, same as a healer or a leader in general, needs to be someone who felt deeper than everyone he's leading. Mm. Otherwise, he has no ground to lead someone to or through. That's very intense. <laughs> Actually, I was um, I was feeling into what you said with the moment that you start expressing what you are feeling or even something that you have been suppressing before um, in its most truest way in its truest essence that it becomes the art of love yeah. I think that's my favorite part like the art of love because I think the many many people might ask themselves what is happening in a woman's circle and a men's circle and maybe it's just that maybe it's just the art of love because in these circles it's no matter what is happening, no matter what kind of tool be, is being used, it's just an invitation into feeling oneself in a deeper way and being able to express oneself in, in your own truest essence. How does that resonate with you, especially for a men's circle? Yes. I have never led a woman's circle, I have to say. <laughs> no, but you know that we have been both giving a workshop together where we brought these two together. Yes, so. yes, yes, I know. I just wanted to make that clear. speak into my desire to do that before I leave this planet. <laughs> Leading a woman's circle? Yes, without an operation though. Um, yeah, but that might be a different topic. Um, yes. So. Um, the art of love is an expression my teacher, a man called John Wineland, uh, uses to describe um, an opening beyond your own closure, mm. so to say. So, and he talks a lot into um, spiritual intimacy or sacred sexuality, however you want to call that, and he works with the um, polarity between feminine and masculine energies. And that is something that is very clearly felt in a men's circle. Um, because the texture of love between men 
when conscious men come together to share and to deepen and to practice, the texture is completely different than love between um, a couple, me and an intimate partner, mm. or between us, mm -hmm. for example, um, on, a, on a friendship base. And the way this love expresses is through challenge, for example. But not in the way of, I can drink more beer than you, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that coming. <laughs> Conscious drinking. <laughs> no, it's rather going in, in the way of, um, I can see that you dropped your partner there. Mm. because you lost your presence. I see a deeper truth in you I invite forward. I see that you um, are a lover with a bigger heart than you bring to your relationship. I see, you, I see a stronger warrior in you that you bring into your mission. Mm. So I challenge you, always connected to the heart, into your bigger self, into your deeper truth in order to discover yourself more fully and also in order to serve the world as a fuller man. And um, that, that, is, that has a very different texture and that was very interesting to experience for me uh, in the beginning when I was a participant for the first times in the men's group. Um, because I learned men have to be mm -hmm. or masculinity rather in a you have to be strong mm. weakness uh, emotions are weaknesses um, you know being strong in a way of being rigid and to to feel other men I say that again to feel other mm. men. That was something I haven't learned through my father, mm. for example. Um, also to be seen fully mm -hmm. was very scary. Mm -hmm. And then I can still remember the first time a man started to cry. And within me feeling all this judgment towards him and feeling all this you're so pathetic um, get your shit together anger towards him because he was reminding me of my sadness I have never felt mm. that was a huge shift in how I relate to other men and also how I relate to myself um, and to my masculine energy, basically. And it's interesting that I talk about masculinity while someone is whistling and I feel like he's really liking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would love to dive deeper into the topic of masculinity, like what, what does that concept even mean? Yes, that means for example, you want to experience it? I want to experience it. Okay, uh, let's go up for a moment, stand up, take all the technique with you. So we're sitting here underneath a tree and now we're moving onto that step right here. Mm. To sit down. And everyone who is not with us couldn't see, but the sun shifted while we were sitting under the tree. And the leadership I invited you to was to lead you into the shadow. Mm. Because it serves us both to have a deeper connection without being distracted by 35 degrees of hot sun. Mm. So, you're... Hmm. And your body tells me that was a good decision, so <laughs> that's, that's the step beyond that uh, for all. That's a step into great leadership, in my opinion, to, 
to offer something that serves the moment or serves love or um, serves the greater good and then seeing the response to this mm. um, and then adjusting my leadership accordingly. Mm. What does masculinity has, have to do with integrity? So the masculine integrity is to be true to my word because if I am not, the feminine will not trust me. Mm. And this can be the feminine um, in, in you, in a partner, um, in the world, also my inner feminine. So the more I break my promises, um, the less the feminine can relax into my leadership or into my guidance and thereby a lot of energy is wasted by establishing trust again mm. um, and bringing the energy where it needs to go. So when I am true to my word, uh, I'm more trustable as a man when I come from my masculine as a man. Mm -hmm. And thereby um, it is easier to, to guide and it feels better to be guided at the same time because um, you or the feminine can relax into the leadership and can have the space to bring the dance and the beauty and the joy on the path to go where we need to go. So basically being integrated to myself opens up a space to be more of yourself. Mm. That sounds like when like when you are staying in your integrity, integrity means basically that in every moment you're checking in with your body in order to to speak and act in your own truth. Is that is that right? Mm. Yes. But it can also mean that my truth changes when the moments change. Right? Of course. So when I, when I make a promise to do A, but when the time comes, it doesn't feel like my truth anymore. Um, I can still be in integrity without following through rigidly. Mm. Meaning, just by putting it out there, um, I'm totally aware that uh, I promise we do this, um, but right now I, I totally feel the other way is the appropriate one. Mm. So, how does it land with you? Mm. Right, so, just go into an exchange there um, and acknowledge um, that I am aware of what I promised, mm. um, but also show an alternative. Mm. which is still um, a true a truth mm -hmm. which is the only truth for the moment and um, at the same time it considers the person that is affected by my truth without dropping the other one by, mm -hmm. by not acknowledging the, the change and this again placed for me into the trustworthiness of being conscious of what's happening in me and around me at the same time. Feeling in and feeling out mm -hmm. at the same time so um, I can be led by myself and lead other, others mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. Yeah, it's like when, when you say that, um, I feel it in my body that I wouldn't trust you if you wouldn't communicate that you changed or the feeling inside of you changed. So mm. if there is just one thing that I can trust in is that you are honest at all times. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I even ask you, you know, I'm, I'm really honestly asking you to stay honest all the time with me 
even though it might not feel well for me, mm -hmm. because that's the only way I can trust you. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, yes. Right. What he said. A very, a very beautiful man. His name is Kinta van Horn. <laughs> <laughs> he recently said, "A king who only keeps his kingdom happy is not the king who keeps his kingdom healthy." Mm. I really love that. Um, and it plays exactly into that because when I try, especially in an intimate relationship, try to keep you happy, we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you, as you said, you will never trust me fully because I am not reliable. Mm. I cannot stand my own ground mm. because I am following your emotions, mm. right? And I am the one who's supposed to hold you in your emotions, mm -hmm. right? Not to change your emotions, but just to hold you in that. Mm -hmm. So you can really, really feel the emotions and bring them here. So if I would try to make you happy, uh, that would work for one or two days, and then it would just go nuts on me <laughs> for a good reason, right? It's a very beautiful and very hidden way to bring me back to my own truth. Mm. So, um, yeah, to being true to myself um, is a huge gift, even though it might come as a discomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. And you or the feminine in general might not like that or likes not liking that and testing if I can stand my ground when you nag mm. or when you just get nuts. <laughs> And then holding my ground while feeling you in that, yeah. that's the bliss for the family. Totally. It's funny because um, I just saw the picture in my head, um, you know, when we were guiding the, um, the polarity workshop and you were explaining that um, the masculine is the riverbed and the feminine is the river. Mm -hmm. And the moment that you are not being honest, in the moment that you are following my emotions, um, the you would move from the riverbed into being a stone in the river and you would be taken with the stream, basically, of the emotions and it wouldn't have any guidance. You would just be, you know, it would get lost. Right, and maybe you end up into one of the being one of the other stones, you know. Many stones left behind. Many stones left behind. Yes, not edgy, just being washed around yeah. uh, and appearing like a feminine form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's what's happening in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's also very uncomfortable for the stone to be thrown around all the right. way, right? So it's way more. It's a different kind of power to be a strong rock mm -hmm. in the in the ocean, mm -hmm. right, or in the river. I'm not sure if there's a saying in, in English as well, but um, in German it is Fels in der Brandung, mm -hmm. right? How would you translate that? I don't know. Um, you're my rock in the ocean? My rock in I the ocean, know. something like, like that, <laughs> right? Maybe it doesn't exist, I don't yeah. know. So, um, that's that's according to the concept of the feminine and the masculine way more grounded way more stable way more trustworthy way more masculine mm -hmm. um, to hold the ground and let the ocean crash against it being affected by it mm -hmm. obviously but not being thrown around like a small pebble mm -hmm. uh, in a river I remember like this beautiful moment that we had when we were giving the polarity workshop. And one thing I want to ask you is, um, what does all of this serve? Like, what is the biggest gift that is coming from working um, with the masculine and the feminine and bringing awareness to that? Mm -hmm. Oneness. <laughs> okay, podcast uh, finished. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Go deeper.
I don't think there's much deeper than oneness, but I can talk around that a yeah. little bit and, and waste some words on what everyone might feel already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the concept of feminine and masculine at the end of the day is just a concept to allow the mind to in parts grasp, grasp what the experience really feels like. And if you, as a listener, haven't uh, had the pleasure to be uh, in one or in our polarity workshop, then um, it feels like being, being in a moment of being fully and truly loved by your partner without having to earn it. It feels like going into nature and being struck by awe by the beauty you witness. You know those moments who are very silent and yet so powerful that, um, that it tastes like perfection. Nothing needs to be added, nothing needs to be taken away, it's just perfect as it is. That's how polarity feels if you haven't experienced that consciously and it is to me it appears um, very deep in the body something mm, that feels like two energies fuck <laughs> you know with an open heart but very intensely very beautifully almost poetic, sometimes it's sensual, sometimes it's just I wanna bite your clothes off kind of energy. And they come together to, to merge into a golden light together. And yet those words are beautiful, they really don't describe what, what it feels like. It's just very close. Mm-hmm. And I experience again and again that I can come closer and closer, but I never can hit the true nail on the head. Mm-hmm. So the concept describes two energies which create a polarity. You can uh, imagine like two magnets. If you have a plus pole and a negative pole, the magnets really mm-hmm. want to come together and become one, mm-hmm. basically. If the polarity is shifted, um, for example, in a relationship um, and the man holds the masculine pole and the woman also steps into a masculine, like two magnets with the same polarity, they repel each other. They want to get far away from each other. So there is, for example, no intimacy in the relationship anymore. But at the end of the day, um, these concepts only describe two things, uh, a duality, that really doesn't exist because those energies want to come together and are together. It's never possible to really live only in the masculine or only in the feminine. There's always something of the other there already. But you can mm, open yourself, open your body, physical, emotional, energetic body, sexual body, all these bodies can just relieve tension and open more and allow more of this union to happen so you can experience this as a human more fully and thereby the oneness can be experienced more fully. And. I don't really know what the question was, but we came out somewhere. Maybe you can help me. <laughs> I was correct if I missed the, the question. No, it's like you explained it perfectly or, you know, in your truth. Um, what's the gift out of doing all of this work? Ah, yes. So. step into those energies consciously and choose to embody one or the other 
at certain moments to create the polar polarity between me and another person, between me and the world, or even within myself. I, I need to come from a full cup. I need to serve from a full cup. Mm. This means I already have to be in contact with my own masculine, I have to be in contact with my own feminine. Otherwise, this wouldn't be a conscious choice. Otherwise, that wouldn't be a healthy energy I share. It would come with a lot of wounds and patterns that serve no one except closure. So when I choose one of the energies, I have the opportunity either to bring energy or to lead energy mm -hmm. and thereby make the world a more beautiful place. I can wash the dishes as sexy as no one has before mm -hmm. and thereby uh, bring joy to my partner. Mm -hmm. I can be with my family after the death of a relative, feeling the pain of myself and also having the capacity not to collapse into this emotion and while feeling um, holding others in theirs so they don't drown in the pain. Those would be two everyday examples how I can become a greater gift to the world by choosing one of those energies and embodying one of those energies. I'm not sure if, if, if listeners can hear this. There are animals, I think they're called cicadas, something like that. And um, they are very small animals somewhere in the tree and they are as loud as a saw, <laughs> chainsaw, <laughs> or as an airplane starting next to your ear. Wow. They but just stop. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> wow. <sighs> wow, what a gift. So, Sebastian, with all the with all the experience that you or, no, let's ask in a different way. What was one moment in your life where you had the realization of, holy crap, I thought I was aware of my masculine, feminine energy in, in, this, in this moment. I was aware of, um, of that way of acting out. But I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> mm. Like when something in your perspective like truly shifted and it changed the way you were, um, you were interacting with the people around you and with yourself especially. <sighs> Could you ask me the same questions in different words? Mm. Is there one moment in your life that, um, that you have recognized a wound inside of yourself that has been guiding you into a direction that you didn't want to go? Yes. Yes. So... I thought I have life figured out, <laughs> right? I really crossed off a lot of things you have to have on your CV. Mm. Right, so very elite education in university, always good grades, um, worked all the time, references and so on and so forth. And at some point I'm lying in Berlin in winter, in January. It's gray and it's cold outside and I'm lying in the fetus position 
on my couch and I'm afraid to leave my own flat because everyone will notice that I don't belong. Everyone will judge me for being so worthless. So the head and the voice in my head tells me, oh, Sebastian, you don't have to suffer. If you, if you go, if you kill yourself, it's all over. So there was a moment where I um, immediately knew if I don't take responsibility and get help, I would take my life. And what I had to discover through going through this process of um, finding myself was that I never knew myself. Mm. That I actually never stepped into discomfort or fear before. And that made me feel like a coward. And a lot of other things uh, came up through that. Everything came up through that. Uh, there was the burden and the gift there. So I thought I had life figured out because I crossed off what society expects from being a good man or good human, whatever. Um, but I had no idea how my voice sounded in all the noise. So there was um, the greatest low point and the greatest teacher in all of my life so far. And from there I had to build myself up again completely by learning to leave my house, for example. By learning to answer the phone even to friends, for example. And that was a great chance to build myself up in a way I love myself. I can love myself through easier. Because um, I make the choices now. Yeah. So the process for me was to get help through therapist. Uh, which was very interesting looking backwards because it's like a very clear head-based concept. It is very um, educational or scientifically uh, proven. So my head was in the way of going deeper. So I had to first understand what happened in the past get access to the present and that was something my mind needed to trust the process further while at the same time I immediately also looked for help in meditation or through meditation by not identifying with my thoughts and feelings mm having thoughts and feelings instead of being thoughts mm. and feelings. And that took a couple of years and life in its beauty gave me some beautiful access points to go deeper into this practice through body-based experiences. So can be an ice bath for example, which always brought up a lot of doubt and fear to step into a lake while it's frozen in winter times, or the opposite, uh, sweat lodges, for example, breath work was another thing that came. And in the beginning it was rather doing it for the excitement of getting high on your own breath kind of thing, but it, I like immediately felt, oh, there's so much more depth and wisdom to those practices than that, than just having uh, a great evening. So more and more um, as I could um, become the witness of my head life, um, the way was free to get into my body deeper and deeper. And that's something that shifted a lot recently 
that the true wisdom and the true answers I don't find in my head. Um, the, the truth and the wis wisdom comes always from the depth of my body. And in the beginning it was my heart, then it became my stomach. Nowadays, it comes through. Yes, that's an important point in this podcast. Thank you for this announcement. And recently, it comes through the heart out of the cock, out of my cock. Because that's, that's so much beautiful energy to bring into the world that it gives me an access to to force I haven't experienced yet, as long as it is connected to my heart. We both knew the word cock would come up at some point. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> it took longer than I thought. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> but thank you for, you know, penetrating the episode with that word. Yes. It's my great pleasure. Also, I want to add uh, whatever came up to you as a listener um, with the word cock. With what word? Cock. Um, that gives you a lot of insight on how you relate to yes. sexuality and masculinity. Yeah, totally. Um, I have one last question for you. Yes. I'm ready. The question is... Well, it's different for everybody that I interview, but um, if you imagine yourself in a world where masculine and feminine energy is being expressed fully, mm. how would, you know, the world in your vision look like? What would be different? What kind, you know, what would what kind of people would we walking around? What kind of children would we walking around? Like, what's what's happening in your mind or in your heart um, when you hear that? So the first thing that comes up is that cities would be taken back by nature because no one wants to live in a city anymore. It's just not a human-friendly place. I think this scenario would come with a full alignment with a sacred selfishness everyone embodies. It's always feel yourself first and from that place interact with others. So, I think there wouldn't be hidden agendas anymore. I think there wouldn't be in a perfect scenario, no mistrust, no No one would, could stand anymore because it's so painful to see what it affects and how much um, closure it brings to everyone involved. I think through the alignment with oneself um, and the connection to oneself, the connection to nature would be so strong that you don't want to live in a concrete prison anymore even though you have the keys and the window. Mm. 
I think artificial materials would die somewhere on a big pile of t-shirts and shoes and plastic cups mm. because no one wants to drink out of poisonous materials anymore. Mm. I think women would be worshipped for being an oracle through through their wisdom. I think women would bleed once a month in groups and with pride and not shame that way. Men would gather and challenge each other and protect together and all would come together as a tribe. All would become one. Children would grow up in a small village and would be raised by the elders and also by the youth at the same time and thereby having access to witness of different kinds. There would also be access to receive the witness of nature again. There would be traditions again that really have values and deep teachings. There would be you call this ceremonies of passage that's another expression for this you would consciously make the step from being a girl to become a woman mm. you would consciously become a man and after your challenge to become that you were treated as a man mm. because you were taught mm. how to be a healthy mm. man Wow. And so many more things, but sure. this is the tip of the iceberg. It feels so good to hear that. Mm. Yes. And I think, I know, I experience that more and more already. Mm -hmm. And because it's beautiful to have these um, scenarios or these visions, but I think on a very small level, it's already there mm. if you want to see it. Mm. And my way to see it is to do less, breathe more. Mm. And then it shows. Thank you. Thank you for breathing more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Um, is there a mission? Something that you want to share else? Something that you want to give? Yes. So, wherever I go, I bring an invitation. And my current invitations are two. Mm -hmm. One is called the Circle of Kings. And it's an invitation for men. It's a men's circle for the embodiment of masculinity. To experience how it feels to share and listen from a deeper place, from the body. So, if you meet me, you're invited. <laughs> And the second thing, which is quite new but very dear to my heart, mm. is called You Are The Message. And it's an invitation to healers and leaders, people who bring more joy and freedom and love into the world by showing themselves more fully to attract more of who they love. That was a very weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, my body fully understands really? what you're saying. Mm. And where can I find that? So, 
And the moment I choose not to be on any social media uh -huh. thing, when that is okay with you, mm -hmm. I would suggest reaching out to Amina, mm -hmm. and she knows where I am. <laughs> I always know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you, Sebastian, yeah. for being in this episode and for sharing your wisdom and opening your heart to us. Thank you for receiving me so openly and with a beautiful smile. Thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, as you, as you heard, Sebastian doesn't follow any social media at the moment, but if you feel open to connect with Sebastian, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, you will find all the links in the show notes. And um, also, you can follow me on Instagram or yeah, just follow on Spotify to get updates when there is a next episode while I'm traveling still through Mexico. Um, yeah, thank you so much. See you soon.